Uyaka-booyaka. Okay, Zoobs, I think it's time to do what it is we do best around these parts. It's, of course, go to you, the Zoobs, and the Brainiacs in the chat and get their scores and your scores 1 to 7, 1 being the worst and 7 being the best about tonight's blood and guts episode of AEW. Actually, you know what, Zoobs, I'm a hypocrite. We're not going to get there yet. I, I want to frame it a little bit because this is a big episode. What does blood and guts mean to you going into tonight's episode? Is this an appointment calendar dynamite for the Zoobs? Yeah, definitely. It feels like a, a little mini pay-per-view. It feels like what you are earning. It's like there's a real promise to it. it you know that it's going to be bloody and it's sort of if you're uh, if this type of wrestling is your cup of tea or if it's something that you're interested in or, or even just the the feeling of it, this was like sort of a, a, a made for you um, night. So they go out of their way to make this feel big. Uh, and I think it, I think it succeeds in that way. I, I was certainly like, it's the most excited I've been for a dynamite um, as a whole in quite some time. There's been some matches here and there that have excited me, but in terms of like, can't miss a dynamite. I think this is up there for me um, this year. I mean, really it's sort of, it's, it's, it feels big. So yeah, it feels, it feels like a mini pay-per-view. It feels like, um, you know, a, a, a major, um, story is going to happen tonight and I think they did a really good job tonight of supplanting the episode with like not a whole lot of, of other stuff I think four other things but all four of those things being like people are tuning in for what feels like a very big night um, let's make sure some other like memorable stuff happens so um, yeah for me it feels like a mid-season sort of sort of thing I know oh, I, I like use that. that term a couple times but sort of it's sort of mid-season this is sort of a a, a, a shift of focus from what they've been doing the last little bit towards and I think now it's time to build to all in and build to August and you're building to this massive August you're supposed to have right all in and all out um coming up I think this signals sort of the end of what we just got out of which is that very yeah. unique um forbidden door month and a half where it's like there's this sort of thing where it's like it is part of it but it's not directly part of it and then you sort of you're closing out what you did in the immediate wake of that which was the tournaments which was um finishing this first half of the year feud in the, what BCC and the elite are doing, um, getting yourself a big moment with Kota Ibushi. And I think now we will see a shift focus um, towards new stuff and, and new things. Really beautifully said as always. Oops, totally agree that this felt like the wrapping up of part. I, I mean, like you say, the mid season, I guess that's really what you meant, but like the wrapping up of part one of this big summer. And now we are sternly into the, into the build to the next thing. It's so crazy to me, Zoops, because blood and guts is the most violent night in mainstream wrestling. And you know my tastes in wrestling. That suits me fine. I've been down the big Japan well like crazy lately. Shout out Bobby Burritos. We've been watching a ton of that in my Discord. Uh, of course, GCW, CZW, ECW. These are all things that I like. It, it, mainstream wrestling has never been more violent than Blood and Guts. And what that gets me so excited, it also makes me think of how stupid it is they can't talk about that. Do you know that the UFC can't even advertise themselves as violent on TV? Really? They're not, they, they cannot be like, well, it's not a legal thing. I guess it's like a ownership thing. They're not allowed to uh, be like, Gaethje Poye, the violence that these two men will enact. They're not, like, they corporately do not brand things that way. I suspect that's probably even truer of the WB-owned AEW. That said, that's what this is, and I thought it sort of delivered on that promise on scale tonight. Even if I do think maybe it was one of, not one of the weaker ones, there's only three, but there were moments in this match I wasn't into, which I, I don't really remember. I would almost have to go back and listen to years prior, but I kind of remember thinking they were hour-long barn burners. Um, anyway, we'll get to the scores, and then we can talk about that match on hold. Yeah, what about for you? You sort of asked me that, you asked me that framing question. I know you touched on it there. Is there anything else sort of in terms of 
um, what this represents and, and how this feels. I can't remember if I said this on the show or just texting you, but I think they've gotten rid of, secretly without saying anything, all of the named shows besides Blood and Guts and Winter's Coming. What was that? It's Matt's background, I think. Oh, uh, Winter is Coming. So in that way, these two are going to mean more by only... Uh, by only by scarcity makes them more important. That said, I actually don't know that it's like I'm very excited for the blood and guts match, but it, I don't know. I, I I love dynamite so much, and I love collision so much, and I would say that this is maybe I'm excited for it in a little bit of a different way, but I don't actually know. I was thinking about that today. It's like I'm not that much more excited for blood and guts than I am a typical dynamite, but that probably is more to say with how much I like dynamite normally. Sure, sure. Even even with the Saturday scaries creeping in that. <laughs> what that now now they're doing that's what they do at ftr and call it mjf i mean are we even pretending anymore you can see it josh's head what the fuck am i doing here everyone? Ah! <laughs> <laughs> saturday night's all right for fighting soon well, so how do i how can i how can i ruin enough of matt's weekend that i can get him you want to be on saturdays don't you Matty? come on it'll be fun grow our relationship <laughs> uh but torpedo sake, he does want to do that with me so i think every other saturday there's a very real chance that we uh will be doing that anyway i've prolonged it long enough thanks for going along with me zoobs thanks for being back matt thanks for being here brainiacs and with no further ado let's get to it on a scale of one to seven with one being the worst and seven being the best what do you the Brainiacs in the chat knew these oops right tonight's episode of AW Dynamite, Blood and Guts. Maddie, if you don't mind, please hit the music. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. Come on. One. I love the clock. Two. <laughs> Three, four, five, six, seven. Come on. Okay, 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 Zoobs. You know what I do. I will scroll through these and machine through the score. Sludge Williams saying Abushi and great in a couple weeks. I tweeted that out earlier. Great minds think alike. That's Thomas and I. Thank you, Sludge. For such a great comment. Let's get into the scores. Hey, my name is Will with the full seven America. So bad with the seven G Richie with a seven Irish back 21 with a seven Denny Madal with the seven Dr. Lil DDKL with the seven Nibble So Five with the seven I am Ahab with the six and a half Kadenza with the seven Dennis Dirk with the seven low effort defenseman with a seven Sludge Williams with the full seven seven for one with a seven Zangzo with the seven Corvax 1266 with the seven Capsel with the seven Gandalf Lundgren with a seven Torque Panel one with a seven. Am I doing this with the seven Area Thrasher with a six? Totally making this with the seven Giesbrecht with a seven. Five and a half from Sam Fells. VZ with a six. Casper Sutters with a six. Qui-Gon Gin and Juice with a six and a half. Marlon Phillips with a six and a half. Hellcat Swagman and others in the house. Soups. High scores tonight. Maybe an average of like six, seven, five. We might actually have the Coward Seven as a average tonight, Zoops. Is that right? Yeah, only Sam Fells going below the six mark, but a lot of people hitting the full seven and uh, six and a half right behind it with some sixes. So yeah, I would say six, 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 seven, five, the coward seven may be the community score here. I think that might be the first time ever. Well, we've had some, we've had some pure sevens, right? Oh you're yeah, right. yeah, for sure. You're right. It may be the first time the coward seven has been the prevailing. You're right. You're right about that. Again, a quick way to become our favorite listener of all time. Be the person who keeps track of what Zooms and I give these scores, but have them to <laughs> us at the end of the year. Cause we'll never do it. And, and then will you give us, oh, forget it. You, you can be hosting a fucking show on this channel. You do that. I mean, just, yeah, that's true. 
Do not hold me to that. High score, Zeus. Where would you be on this one if the chat is around the six seven five zone, six and a half? At the risk of every single week saying this is a weird one to score, um, I feel it's one of those things. I feel I feel very confident that I believe both of these statements. Here we uh, go. Wasn't a perfect show. Uh, Blood and guts, as you know, wasn't to your point. Wasn't what it has been in the past. And yet it's hard for me to rate this anything other than a seven. Just like the, from for what you are getting on TV in terms of like you had this massive anticipatory thing and like everything you imagine and more does happen. Whether it happens perfectly, whether it whether it could have been better, yeah. broke, broken glass, thumbtacks, bed of nails, table spots, things you've never really seen, guys pushing the absolute edge, Kota Ibushi coming. Like you're getting – everything is checked off the list. And I also thought the rest of the stuff that was on the show felt – appropriate to being on a big show we talk about right this being like a mini pay-per-view it was more than just blood and guts that felt mini pay-per-view everything else felt like a pretty sizable feature pretty sizable so it was a blowing off of it was a continuation of a story or even you know it wasn't a whole lot but just being reintroduced to like having Britt Baker's singles matches um and letting her get a win and like letting that you know wasn't the best thing in the world you're not, not going to remember it you're not going to write it down at the end of the year and be like gotta revisit that Britt Baker match but um, just her, her, her sort of getting an opportunity to have a match on TV period sort of feels apropos on a on a night this big. So um, all that said, I give it a seven. I just sort of like I feel like I'd be talking myself out of it and maybe maybe overthinking it by just a tad if I did not give myself a seven. Uh, if there's any women watching, I will be revisiting the Britt Baker squash match from tonight's Dynamite. <laughs> I just want you to know. Uh, I, of course, will, will be revisiting that one. And Zoops, I, I'm lower than you and the chat tonight. A six from me. I love tonight's show. I loved it. I love that Blood and Guts exists. They should never remove it on the calendar. I really, really like tonight's Dynamite. But I, I thought there was like some... Uh... I don't know. I thought it was kind of a weird episode of Dynamite, to be honest. And when you say hard to score, I actually think... I totally agree, because like the the greats of the scores would be largely or the, the strength of the score i should say would be largely from blood and guts uh, i thought some of the other sh stuff on the show was kind of weak and so uh, but we'll get to it maybe maybe i'll be uh maybe i'll change by the time we're at the end of the episode let's see i sort of agree with sick nick here saying tk did molly when he booked the first half like there was some wild shit going on we have weird episode you know it's gonna be a boundary pushing weird episode when you have something as extreme as blood and guts in the back half of it so i think maybe you you get a little more daring to throw things together in the first half. I'm not sure. Yeah, fair enough, Subes. Well, let's get into it. The main event of tonight's Dynamite kicks off. It is blood and guts. Ten men enter. One team leaves. It is a first panner submission, but you can match only starts. People are only eligibly finished once all ten competitors are in. It's the War Games rule set. But uh, I suspect more people are watching blood and guts than War Games these days happening over on uh, NXT 3.0. So... Uh, maybe maybe it's just blood and guts now. You're probably right. They kick off this match. If I would have said, you know what, let, let's hand the Zoobs the pencil. Let's get Zoobs picking our first two in blood and guts. I got a good feeling this is the two the Zoobs would have picked. He would have said, okay, for the elite, how about how about your man Kenny Omega? I know Zoobs is a big fan of him. And for Blackpool Combat Club, how about your man Claudio Castagnoli? Zoobs, am I right? Is this the dream starting pairing of these two who are going to be in this match from beginning to end? And what did you think of them together here as we kicked off Blood and Guts? Yeah, I think it is. And I think you could even, if you wanted to, like, um, fantasy strategy yourself into it, the two guys that make the most sense Come in terms on. of, like, having endurance as a skill and part of the skill set right. and part of the things they do. 
Um, gonna let Manny Mantler. Kenny here. Omega. Perfect. Um, Kenny Omega, indeed, sort of exact exactly who you would pick from the elite. Like who is the who is the guy that can go the whole sixty? And it's like Kenny obviously can do that. Um, and the same for BCC, right? You know, you know, Mosh is going to thrive in a hardcore match, but for the rest of them, um, you definitely want Claudio as your tank guy. Thank you, Marlon Phillips, for the gifted sons. Marlon Phillips, five gifted for the community. Five is, Five is very, very generous. generous. Very, very generous. Thank you. Very generous. Five is very generous. Uh, thank you, Marlon Phillips. So, yeah, dream pairing off the top. This is who I would start it with. And, uh, yeah, no, no disappointment. No, certainly no disappointment. You'd love, you, you know, some of the functions of these matches is to get you saying, you, I would love to see these guys square off a little longer uh, in a bigger spot. And I think that is true. I would like that. You remember on the – it's changed now because there's 100 blocks on the G1. But you remember the old G1 – when you'd have your your tournament matches up top, but the opening of the card was a six-man tag, previewing the next night's matches would so be like B-block tag, A-block matches, and then A-block tag. You, you remember that sort of leapfrog relationship? I yeah. I felt very much like Kenny and Claudio here were doing like a preview of something to come. Like they were not cooperative, but it was like, look what we can do. Lots of like smoothness rolling out of stuff. Claudio catching him out of power moves. Not a ton of offense between them, but like lots of counters to counters and just like, wow, we could really have something special if these two locked up. And I sort of like that approach to this where, you know, obviously we had sort of flirted with, oh, what pairings would be fun. But I think Kota Ibushi was sort of largely who was on the tip of everybody's tongue. So once they just show you Kenny and Claudio, it's like, well, this this actually completely kicks ass on its own terms. And for them to sort of steer into that, I thought was uh, truly fantastic. And I like these guys a lot. Then... The third member, it's the BCC Recrute, Pac. And now and now here I go, This it happens to me again. I go, Pac and Claudio, this is kind of a sick tag team. Just the two of them, this becomes their whole angle. They're like learning how to be a tag team against Kenny Omega. You see them like cooperate, okay, kick, kick. I actually liked Pac and Claudio uh, a ton here and Kenny just basically selling for the two of them. Do you like the blood and guts and war games rule set, Zoobs, where people, there's always like a man advantage for a team? Yeah, I think it gives you it gives you the opportunity to, co to continually build that basically like a hot tag to a face. I think sort yeah. of the, the face is always coming in and evening the score versus um, teaming up together. I think it I think it does work dynamically. I don't, I don't think you could the only I guess the only way is what you have a door on each side and they come in two at a time. I prefer this or like elimination I, chamber that all yeah. in a cage of some kind. But it, I'm with you. I think that this is like more interesting than a lot of triple threats. Where it's just, okay, we know these two are going to work together. We don't have to have, like, the baby faces have this moment where it's like, okay, now we can do some non-isolating stuff. Uh, so, yeah, I was very into this. And, of course, the competitors are at the, the highest end. Nothing's getting insanely violent yet, though. So far, it's sort of playing out as you'd imagine a match between these guys would. Then, in comes Hangman Adam Page, who gets a massive pop here in Boston. Cowboy shit. People wanted to see the hangman get hardcore, I think. And maybe in the feud with Moxley in their Texas death match, he sort of grew to have a reputation within that space. Um, okay. Fantastic up to this point. Having a lot of fun. But before we talk about this next entrant, I'm going to ask the chat a question, Zoobs, if you're okay with that. I love when we talk to the chat. They're my Let's favorite the people. Chat. Yeah. They're, they're my favorite people, too. And I want your answer to this question, too, Zoobs. So, so get your brain ticking. Chat, tune in. Here we go. Big question. Who was the MVP of tonight's Blood and Guts? Just put the name in the chat of the the ten competitors. I knew I knew you would ask this. You I, did. I, 
I did, yeah. I feel like you asked me this the last two years, which I appreciate. I was looking forward to it. I was like, Josh is going to ask me who the MVP of this match was. That's what I was what I said as we were as we were doing it. Um, and we are the sword and shield. Two votes, Kenny. Two, mo- two votes, Mox. Mox, Kenny. Mox, Kenny. Kenny, Mox, Kenny, Mox. Kenny's and Mox's Omega. They're saying. Um, Looks, looks like Kenny and Mox here are two votes, right? It doesn't seem like anybody's voting for anything else. And if they are at this point, pretty drowned out. And there's a there's a throw in for Claudio. Yeah, Dennis Dirty works out now. Big Claude. Yeah. Uh, looks like Kenny Mox with a sprinkling of Claudio is your answer to this. What do you feel about that? I would say that would probably be my guess, but the answer is definitely John Moxley in my mind. Uh, I agree. Yeah, I had Mox. I had Mox in mind when you. When I knew you were going to ask me, I was like, it's sort of this whole thing sort of runs through Mox. He's sort of like. It's almost unfair. He's yeah. so it is. He comes out in a June Kasai shirt, the crazy monkey, one of the greatest deathmatch wrestlers of all time. Ready to kill is what his shirt says. And then he lives out like his wrestling fantasy as he mocks violences people into shattered glass. But importantly, so he was, of course, he's he's been long known big fucking mocks around this channel. Nay, nay, nay. Big fork in Mox here as he <laughs> enters the cage, has a fork for himself and one for Claudio. Now, I assume Pac doesn't get one because he's not like a core BCC member. Yeah, so can't it's trust like, him. yeah, yeah, this is a BCC fork. You'll earn your, you'll or, you have to earn your fork around this guy. But this match, like the tone when Mox comes out and pulls out a fork, it is like there is, you are capturing that deathmatch spirit there where it's less about the the blood and guts and more about the the holy hell like good gravy you know that moment and i thought that he knows so how to make that moment connect wide-eyed show the whole audience this fork you know is a fork that much more dangerous than Mo- john moxley's hands right. it's like man i don't know john moxley's gonna kick my ass either way does a fork make the difference <laughs> uh but here he sells it like it, it, it might as well be a gun and i just the, the tanner of him entering this cage it's like here we go pardon the parlance but like the fuse john moxley is here and I, I just really thought you could feel the shift and a man what, what's the sam sam elliott say about the big lebowski a man for his time a man for his place that's how i feel about mox in a, a blood and guts match beautifully said yeah i i agree the no doubt mvp sort of like in his in like in his element this is sort of his um this is his as you said, his his dream turned up to eleven. Probably, can, probably just cannot pinch it himself. Cannot believe that this is what he's doing on television, no less. You you tell me he gets to do one of these matches a year or in in five years on a pay per view if it's the biggest possible build off. So no, they build this on TV like thumbtacks and broken glass uh, on TV. It's it's pretty it's pretty crazy. It's pretty awesome. Moves on top of the cage on TV like um, it's major. It really feels major. I think uh, like you said. Um, this is the most violent mainstream wrestling can get, basically. Like this is this is pretty much it. Um, Until we live in Sodom and Gomorrah, <laughs> yeah. Which it feels, you know, not that I don't want to get biblical. But it feels we, anyway. But you know, yeah. we've done it. It could happen, and that that'll make for good wrestling, at least. <laughs> yeah. Here we go, Zeus. We've got a, a sports analogy from Great Sports Brain Sludge Williams, and maybe you can translate this for me. Kenny is Michael Jordan playing baseball, and Mox is Barry Bonds. These, these guys are uh, famous baseball players and a basketball player in Michael Jordan's case. Yes. I, mean, I think Kenny's a little, a little bit better than Michael Jordan playing baseball, but I am agree with Mox is your Barry Bonds. Love it. And now, 
Here comes Nick Jackson, who I got to say did the opposite of set the tone that this was going to get more <laughs> hardcore. Uh, but, but to his credit, thank you, Dennis Dirtywork, for the sub. Gifted and there was what was it was a follow up top too wasn't there Ray? Uh, there was a vote. There was two or three votes for Claudio, and there was a, uh, a second would be um, Pac. I think somebody said. Well, if you if you were a new follow, thank you very much. Sorry. Oh, it's Ray Antics. That's who who is the new follow. Thank you very much for joining us tonight. Oh yeah, no, it was a uh, gifted from Dennis Dirty Work too. Yeah, that sub was, and that person followed up above. Yeah, there we go. Okay, gotcha. Too little too. Anyway, we're here. And yeah. now it's Wheeler Yuda. Who you, you gotta give it up for Wheeler Yuda. Here's a guy who isn't my favorite wrestler in the world. He's always more than down to get his ass kicked, which he absolutely does, gets tortured in this match at points. Uh Matt Jackson comes out, who actually thought uh Sean pretty bright in this match at points. And then Takeshta, and then everybody's waiting for it. Huge moment. The Golden Star Kota Ibushi. Now, of course, we're going to talk about more on the match here. Zoobs is a very long match with lots of things to break down. But I wanted to rush to Ibushi here. I don't, I don't want to give away the... I thought I thought he looked kind of bad in this match at points, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, uh, I would agree with you. <laughs> and Do you want to talk on that a little bit? Uh, I... Listen, it's, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a major expectation he is stepping into. But um, for the moment I first saw him, I was like, he looks... It was pretty big. This Kota Ibushi, this normally shredded, like, I think it looks a little different. Um, some stuff, like, I think you know it's supposed to be a head kick, and he ends up kicking the guy in, like, the shoulder or below the shoulder. Um, we're getting a, you know, we're very spoiled to have the moments in the first place, but it wasn't like, if someone was like, show me Kota Ibushi, I don't think you would pull this match up, of all things. For sure. And... If I was talking about the promise of blood and guts off the top, and I just feel like the promise of Kota Ibushi wasn't really shown at all in this match. Kota Ibushi is like an all-time shit-eating wild man, and that that yeah. wasn't showcased in this match. Like the, that side of him, I mean, it was to some degree, but but when you've got big fork and mocks running around, it's tough to stand out. I don't really think he did. He came out with I think this is why Sludge Hit Williams said it uh, above, but like he came out with a straight up MMA, just straight right style. Like he was Jerry, the King Lawler in his fifties. Like every, my, my big come in here is just going to be like a straight right to everybody he faces off with box. And then, and no, I don't want to be too hard on him. You know, he's working a new fed. Maybe he's jet lag. How often do you get to practice a 10 man tag in a cage with hardcore spots with people that sure, don't speak sure. your language largely? Like there's, this is not some sort of referendum on where Kota Ibushi's at. I liked his blood sport match earlier this year. Just fine. Um, but but I, I thought I think it would be impossible to talk about this match. Like it, it outright stood out to me at points that he was not as fluid as everything else going on. Now you've got the young bucks in there who are extremely fluid wrestlers, and and Claudio, you'd certainly in that camp as well. So maybe there was some of that going on, you know, by comparison. But I don't know. They're, they're, I, I thought he was the obvious weak link in this match, which sucks because he definitely got the biggest pop on entrance. Yeah, to your to your point, uh, you know, there aren't many better combinations of 10 guys that you're going to have other like another another nine guys in terms of like our clicking right now and our rolling and know where know each other and know what they're doing and like know how this should go you know part of it is that every other kenny and ibushi moment has felt like it meant so much and been so big and been and then this is now added to that overall bigger piece and it just sort of like it felt a lot more mashed together than I think we had hoped that it would, which is, 
you know, classic wrestling. You want something and you want something and you want something and you get it. And you're like, well, it wasn't as good as I wanted it to be. It's like, let me, I think I'm tapped into the Brainiac's minds on this one. Zoops. I really think I am. I don't, I can't always read minds, but tell me if you, if they disagree with this or if you disagree with this. I think we have all lent a lot of thought towards what a Golden Lovers reunion might look like in AEW. And when you might see Kenny and Kota Ibushi interact, I think last week you said it in some ways or agreed with me that it's sort of the promise of AEW in a lot of ways is those two guys uh, colliding once more. I think, I'm painting the picture for them, that we more imagined Kenny needing a hand, in particular Kenny. Kenny's beaten down. And he needs someone. Kenny's been abandoned. Who does he still have? Kenny is beaten, battered, and bruised. And wow, who but his his other golden lover is here to save? I think this is what we were imagining for the Coda-Kenny reunion. And I feel like him in Blood and Guts, a video package last week, and then in Blood and Guts and sort of not having the best performance is just not living up to these incredibly high standards that we had in our mind. Yeah. I mean that's I mean that's totally totally valid. I think you're you're bang on as to sort of what is what is really behind um all of this. And again, just didn't look that good tonight. It's also that, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, also this. Uh Armand, and thank you for keeping this place racism, homophobia, and transphobia free. Maddie Mack in the chat saying it looked like AW cut away from them hugging twice. Okay, well that that sucks if that's the case too, because that Weird. stuff like that would have been helpful. Because they didn't feel all that connected in them. Um, just to cut in okay. here, uh, all this talk yeah. about Kota Ibushi, uh, there is footage of him post-match, post-show, uh, actually taking a back bump onto tax by himself. He just oh. throws a bunch of tacks on the ground, jumps okay, up, so lands on his back, and stands out like nothing happened. And then he posed well, with so- it after, so maybe he is back? Yeah, that, that's, <laughs> maybe it just took him waking up. That's a very Kota Ibushi thing to do, so, uh. Okay, well, thank you, Maddie. That is that is good to know. That is incur- that's outright encouraging. I wouldn't say that about a lot of people, but if Kotobushi's just taking back bumps into tax, uh, I would describe that as encouraging. No one in the ring with him, just himself. <laughs> just himself. Good for him. That's wild. That's a cool thing to do. Back into the match, Mox has brought out a bed of nails. This gets an enormous reaction from me on my couch at home and also the, the crowd in Boston. I thought when they brought that out, I thought it was going to be the old Kevin Steen thing where it's like, you, you can set up anything you're going to go through. You know, like right. that's, I thought Mox is going to be going maybe face first into these nails in the corner is sort of what I thought. Nope. Two seconds into the match, your man Nick Jackson takes a shotgun drop kick into it. Crazy. You know, I respect that. Kenny Omega taking huge bumps into this thing. Everybody gets their turn. Kenny's got his hand getting squanched into it. Uh, that's the the official word, squanched. I liked it a great deal. Uh, and the way they, the rest of the match is almost built around this bed of nails and guys dodging it and Mox being the one to move it around and put it positionally in places. Let's talk about Kanosuke Takeshita, who enters this match with Don Callis and gets pulled out of this match for his own safety, says commentary, by Don Callis. And this sort of leads to the BCC beginning to disintegrate with Pac also leaving their non-BCC members disloyal Brian Danielson not there to fill in the ranks does lead to them losing the match what did you think of Takeshita and his usage in this match Supes? you know I, I didn't like the park leaving thing it's just sort of like I'm always just like well you were in there for 55 minutes and then you were like well I don't want to do this it's like you you entered blood and guts for nearly an hour and I get it um you need a way out of it and you don't have Danielson which would have been a, a huge piece of this 
Um, but I, it does, it makes sense to have Don, like Don's never officially been in BCC and he's talked about the family more. Um, I think that is useful. Listen, there was a lot of guys doing a lot of stuff in this match. I don't know that it was like the, that he stands out, uh, as a shining yeah. example of it for me as sort of, no, it gets lost a little bit, but it's a lot going on and a lot of major things. Um, so, you know, if he was the blood and guts mercenary that they were bringing him in for this um it would have been one thing but sort of the the relationship uh questions maybe linger a little louder and now i'm not sure anyway my and my, my long way to say sort of don't, i don't have a as noticeable um memory and opinion on him as i do i think some of the other bigger players in this match yeah more than fair uh and this does lead to bcc so they the elite handcuffs mocks to one corner they beat down Claudio. Pac has left. Takeshita's been pulled out by Don Callis. And then you just get the elite taking poor Wheeler Yuta to school. I wonder if they, they months back were like, all right, young man, you want the good news or bad news? He's like, give me the good news. <laughs> and, and they said, you're going to pin Kenny Omega. He goes, oh, that's, that's great. And, and then they go, the bad news is in blood and guts, we're going to carve you up. <laughs> we're going we're gonna to belt you around like you're holding our pants up. We are going to take you for a walk, youngster. And Wheeler Yuta sells all over this. The never-ending moonsaults, the chain around the neck, strangling the, the carving of the forehead. You have to give it up for Wheeler Yuta here. It's, it's tremendous taking an ass kicking. I can't imagine how bad he feels after this. Like It genuinely blows my mind to think about how terrible Wheeler Yuta must feel right now physically. Yeah, they beat his ass uh, real bad. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I would I would agree, Sam Fells. There were some some of the some of it was production. I think you, you didn't really see the yeah. callous to catch the thing. Um, we're told it's a good point. Uh, we're told that they missed a bunch of they missed a bunch of Kenny uh, moments with with uh, Kota Ibushi. I, I think uh, I think that I think that is part of the reason why it didn't connect in the way that it did with some of the other ones. Um, yeah, and, and missed shot by the team. Uh, yeah, and uh, Mox surrendering for Utah that didn't show either, which is apparently how the match ended. I didn't know that. I thought yeah, he verbally quit. Really? Mox did like a towel throw sort of thing? You I didn't even know that. That's embarrassing. Yeah. That makes me look stupid. I watched the end of the show. Yeah. Wow. Told my commentary since Sam Fells. Yeah, I didn't even know that. That feels pretty bad to me. That was not obvious. I thought it was a verbal tap is what I had assumed. Huh. That's cooler, Mox throwing in the towel for Yuta. Yeah. Yeah, so that if that's three, that's three pretty meaningful things right there. So maybe that's why, you know, it still was ultraviolet. I really liked watching this match. It was the hour flew by. I had a gas with it. I'm just yeah. saying there were things that did stand out to me that maybe didn't have emotional hooks. Matty Max saying he also had no clue. That makes me feel better. Okay. There you go. That makes me like the match more, too. And uh, I wish I would have known that. But no no real complaints from me. I, I'm happily to watch a match like this every year. I must say, though, if you have a thirst for this and you enjoy it, I really couldn't recommend GCW's War Games uh, four-team tag team from last year. It was, it was really, really fantastic and maybe the most violent thing ever. So really good. There you go. Anything else you'd like to say about Blood and Gut Zooms? Or does that about cover it for you? About Pac? Where does he go from here, maybe? I don't know. More of the same. More of the same with Pac for me. Sort of. This is the writ large. The like what keeps happening with me and Pac. I keep. I keep getting one week where I'm like, oh, exciting, and then another week I'm like, oh, right. 
Like, it's Hawk just, might oh, be like, oh, yeah, over and over again. It happens like every other time he's on television. This happens. Hawk is like the ultimate let me love you guy in this company, but it's just impossible. You might as well draw day at that point in time where it's like, I can't have enthusiasm for this guy. Like, he, he comes and goes. It's like, I it'd be impossible to book him with momentum when he is barely here. Yeah. And I, I would I would have taken the opportunity to join BCC, not give up on him. I, I like that crew. I would have been taking my chance to be like, I can hang out with Claudio, Mox, Brian. I could probably even oust Wheeler as the fourth here. I'd, I'd be thinking like that. The guy's a bastard. What can you say? You know? He's a rotten bastard. That is a good point, Supes. Okay. Blah, 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 blah. That was me rewinding, Supes. Classic rewind sound. As somebody who's rewound many times. <laughs> scrubbing. You're scrubbing through the audio. Yeah. In reverse, because you can also scrub forward. Yeah, yeah. That's spoken like a true pro. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Uh, the terrible music of Dynamite plays us in until we get, and I thought this was so good, Supes. The Jungle Boy. Oh, 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 oh. Everybody goes, oh, we're, we're doing we're doing the thing. Jungle Boy's here. Okay. I thought he was mixed, a bad guy. We're saying, we're saying mixed reactions that we're saying. That's right. We're saying mixed reaction. But then it cuts to a video, and I go, no, they're going to have Jungle Boy talking again. Because they've been doing this for a year at this point, and it's, and it's always bad. Instead, Zoobs, they, they, they said, no, this week, Boy has no mic. We're just going to give him a vignette driving around the desert, burying a body. A limo picks him up, and he's going to look cool as hell. Uh, immediately, this is a better setup for most of his matches as he comes out here to face Hook in the opener, of course. Uh, th this was a better setup to one of his feuds than he usually got. I actually thought it came across totally great here. And then on top of that, new entrance music. I'm told it's Beethoven's Fifth Symphony. Did you know that, Zeus? The Fifth Symphony? I knew it was a Beethoven Symphony. I didn't know which one, truthfully. You're more of a fan of the third, I think you said. <laughs> And uh, so he's got he's got the new music. He's got leather pants on. He's talking less in in the promo. What do we think of this Jungle Boy repackaging? Zoops? Well, it's good. To, unless this is what we've been talking about and banding about for like I would say a year now. Like whenever we talked about Jungle Boy and we talked about the next level, it was always like he's gonna have to leave the Jungle Boy thing behind eventually. I always felt that way. Um, so yeah, I'm happy to finally be turning this page. It feels uh about damn time i suppose yeah a good point thinking about that's a pretty long drive the desert to boston those are not there's no desert near boston that i know of not american geography expert but boy he really took care of that a couple days ago i, was, I would guess um, but yeah in general in favor of it I had to have to lose this stuff eventually jungle jungle boy is not going to be a top level anything in my opinion what do you think about what Marlon Phillips saying? The symphony for a theme sucked ass, but it was good otherwise. I was actually a fan of the classical music. So I don't know if it suits his heel act, but it's evocative of Gunther, Marina Shafir, like the you know classic heels around these parts. Uh, I don't know. I, I thought it, I thought it was fine. Did you have a problem with it, Zeus? I didn't think it was good. So I guess I am closer to agreeing with Marlon than I am with with thinking it was good. So I think it sort of sucks. Jungle Boy joined Bullet Club without Jay White knowing points out heart note. I did think that he was giving off some Bullet Club vibes. I didn't know if that was on purpose or me projecting or if I've been watching the G1 so everyone's in Bullet Club now again. So I'm not too sure, but I, I, that did cross my mind too. All this said, Zoobs, I really got into Jack Perry versus Hook here. It's so funny because Hook wrestles so rarely that it's like, oh, he can be underrated. Because we don't know where he's at. <laughs> and he's not underrated in the way that we've seen everything he can do and then we're rating it. He's showing us what he wants to show. Okay, this card comes out. Okay, 10-minute match, reversals, my finisher, choke. We're getting little things. And man, 
it's just it, like he reminds me seeing hook wrestle reminds me of what i liked about good nxt where you see someone you're like oh they've got this and they add this gear and then they add this move and then they, they got the mid card title and you're you're watching them grow on the product i feel that way about because i really thought this was a corker and not just jungle boy carrying him i thought the hook off it's fantastic the t-bone suplex to the floor i think the thing we probably all remember from this but even on top of that i thought all of his suplexes look fantastic of course you can't let dad down was i was i uh high on my own supply zooms or was this a, a great opener for you as well no i enjoyed it again I, I felt like a lot of things you know in ring at least on this show had purpose and and served um real meaning and in, in in forwarding things for multiple characters and i thought jungle boy and hook are both indicative of that i think they are a good pairing for each other in that you sort of have the real natural charisma of Hook with the struggle that we've had from that connection from, from Jungle Boy. You have a guy that just sort of does it yeah. without even trying. And then you have Jack Perry who is like trying everything he possibly can to get find something. And then you have, you know, the other side of it is like Jungle, Jungle Boy always uh, has paid off in the ring. It's always been match starts. He looks good to great. Um, and you didn't know about Hook. And, and it's, it is nice have that pairing one like yeah hook can throw this guy around hook yeah. has these skills that we can highlight very clearly um a good size match a good age match a good level set i think a really good matchup for him to have uh i'll keep trying to try to keep calling him jack perry uh as his as his opponent i think uh i think served them both really well better even than the tag team did a ref bump leads to Hook getting the visual pin, but the ref is still down. A count of five does nothing. Jungle Boy does indeed cheat to win, ending Hook's, pardon me, undefeated streak. Where do we go from here with Hook Zoops? Well, good question. I mean, he's because this to... is always the question, right? After somebody's yeah. undefeated, the O is gone. Now, now is almost the tough part. Yeah, I don't know. He's got, he's got some figuring out to do he's also lost the title he's lost the first match he's sort of um a man without a country at this moment i i'm, I'm interested to see I, I don't know that i have a snappy answer to that but um you know i'm hoping they can they can continue to do something here and not make this part of uh, a, a a slightly glowing wrist glowing list uh growing list of of guys that have sort of not had a uh a place to go after a big thing happens you know we saw it happen yeah with, so it happened with Hobbs. You sort of seen it happen. Um, you know, we didn't see we didn't see Takeshita like have a bunch of matches. He was in spots and he was having Callus talk to him. But I wouldn't mind seeing him go on a singles run. There's been a couple examples of guys being moved out of the title picture and then um, not having a follow up thing. We don't see him for two or three or four weeks. Um, I'm hoping it doesn't happen with Hook because I feel like this and this whole storyline um, did show that there is something there for him. I think Jungle Boy is going to be joining Bullet Club. Uh, that is the prediction that I think is happening. And so he's going to have numbers around him. I think Hook should chase Jungle Boy for a little bit for that FTW title. Taz should get off the commentary desk and manage him. He shouldn't be able to overcome the numbers of, of Bullet Club. He can beat Juice Robinson, but he can't get that title back because of the numbers until, and this is how we're going to rehab him, powerhouse hobbs remembers his old team taz days taz is at ringside get up hook get up hook bullet clubs beating him down babyface powerhouse is here lays out everybody it can still be hook who reclaims the ftw title but i think powerhouse needs to turn babyface and i think that this it, it's the only relevance the ftw title can add is is connected to taz or team taz 
And I think that this would serve you like it makes great sense to why to have Hook lose. It gives Jungle Boy attachment to interesting people. I, I feel like it would do a lot. Yeah. Um, great, great show. I like that. I like uh, Jack in Bullet Club. I like that. What, what do you think of Babyface Powerhouse coming back and uh, getting rid of QTV and all, all this junk? I think he always has to exist as the opposite of Ricky for a little bit. And it seems oh, like yeah. Ricky might be going that way. So I think so. See, see that that's why he's the zoobs. They say they say, who's the other half of the sword and shield? And I say, you just gotta watch the show. You'll find out. <laughs> uh Zoobs, if you don't mind, I'd like to talk a little bit about some of the other shows we have right here on the Wrestling Brain Network. It's a very exciting time, is the, the growth on the channel. Some are saying uh the, the exponential, gigantic. Well, you're doing this. I mean, we have added lots of shows. You couldn't, yeah, you couldn't yeah. say otherwise. Yeah. That's uh, true. Uh, Every Wednesday, of course, we're here doing the damn thing, the flagship program, the AE Double Dudes. But following that, every Monday, Andrew Zizlak is hosting Monday Night Program. It's my favorite show on the channel. Uh, he plays, it's been Todd Warrior and Fight Forever, but that career is wrapped up. He has a very fun promoter mode in Fire Pro that he's starting this Monday. I'll be joining him on stream to help book this promotion. We're taking six nobodies. And building a federation around it's going to be a whole lot of fun for uh monday Night program so join us same time slot as a double dude seven in the west ten in the east and then on tuesdays we got to set up monday tuesday and wednesday every tuesday it's comics in the combat zone jordan deshaun and ben stead are going through all of combat zone wrestling's pay-per-view schedule they put their streaming service up so you can watch along if you want to torture yourself i love this podcast it's finally people watching wrestling that i won't watch it sounds truly abhorrent and these two are very funny about it uh, i listen to it every tuesday morning definitely check that out on the wrestling brain podcast feed and if you need more if you're still saying i need more wrestling brain you can go on to patreon head on over to patreon.com slash j0shc five dollars a month gets you into the wrestling brain discord gets you my appearance at new 13 uh i had some interference in their main event that video's up there i'm not allowed to show the full thing on uh, the timeline also, the CM Punk video that opened Wrestling Brain Live just got posted there as well. 80 wonderful series, solo episodes behind the paywall. Patreon.com slash J0SHC. Zoops, what is going on in the world of less than J's? I mean, not that much. Jesus Christ. I know. what a I was Excaliburing it through uh, every program we offer here on the flight. I feel like, like I had to just make up five minutes of stuff. <laughs> <so that> we... <laughs> you can just speak really slowly, man. I'm, I maybe I will take long pauses. Uh, it's trade deadline season. Trade deadline is two ish weeks away, so uh, it's always fun to just make up a list of guys that I trade for. Uh, learn about 35 guys that will never play for the team, uh, discussed in a way that <laughs> examines what it would be like if they did. Uh, that's the sort of shit I'm on. This sounds like such a Zoobs thing in my mind. Like, this is I'm not a baseball guy, but this is what I imagine you're doing. It sounds very interesting to me. I love it. Why not, right? Well, because there's nobody else doing it. Nobody doing it like these zoobs. And of course, final plug here. If you need any audio done for your project, our producer, Matt Prince, can write you songs, make you sound alerts, write you intros, audio edit. Just read it, shout to him at Twitter, on Twitter rather, at Mr. Matty Pie. Is that enough plugs for you, zoobs? No kidding. Yeah, absolutely. We've got a lot going on. Enough. No kidding. Yeah. I'll, Matt, Matt, listen, yours is first to be cut, so careful. <laughs> I muted you for mine out of uh, <laughs> out of solidarity. I don't know. Solidarity <laughs> to the people. You gotta love Matt. Marvez is spying at a restaurant, looking at old friends Don Callis and Chris Jericho. Uh, they're they're continuing this from last week. This offer for Jericho to join the Callis family. Probably don't have a ton here to say, Zoobs, but 
they were eating dinner together and they looked like old friends. We did that in nothing Toronto. Like, nothing like having dinner with an old friend. Boy, it's the best. The three of us got to dine in on Italian together in Toronto. A very nice eating with your friends. Looking at your phone, laughing, <laughs> eating, drinking. Yeah, Someone shows up late this. and you go, who let this guy in here? Who yeah, let, let, let anybody in here? Uh, the best. Uh, it's the best. We cut back to the commentary desk where Taz is very heated. He says, the last thing I want is to be on TV right now. Like, don't ask me to say anything. I'm like, Jungle Boy. And he, like, can't speak. And he's, like, taking off his glasses and putting them on. And uh, Excalibur and Shivani cover for him. I thought that was a cool moment. Good use of 10 seconds of TV. Worth doing. Big time. And now, <laughs> MJF and Cole face their fears. Of course, uh, Adam Cole was saying that Max... You've got to face your fears, and I'm your friend now, so I'm going to help you do it. Uh, is not liking spicy food a fear? This was this is all I was wondering. Time to face your fear. Eating spicy food is that a fear, Zoops? <laughs> I like I, maybe it is for him. To me, it doesn't feel like it's a it's a fear. It's like a dislike. I think there's a difference between fear and dislike. But maybe he's never done it. And he's afraid. We don't, we don't know, right? Maybe he maybe it's a fear. Maybe he is afraid of spicy food. Uh, they sit down at the table, and he is talking about the time he slammed Big Bill in Saskatoon, which I think is hilarious. I love MJF in this gear where he's, like, trying to be a babyface, but he's just a super annoying guy. <laughs> he can't help it. And Cole is like, okay, can you stop this? But then their Kung Pao chicken arrives. MJF says, this isn't too hot, right? And Cole goes, no, no, he sure is. Uh, they both eat the chicken. Cole goes, oh, it is pretty hot. And now we get into some uh, Three Stooges-style comedy as MJF goes, very hot. Oh, it's too hot. The waiter drops off a bunch of glass. No, no, this part, a bunch of stuff in tiki glasses. No one thinks that's water. I go to tiki bar. That, that, that's the liquor. Uh, the liquor, indeed, it was. Is MJF is chugging all this water, he thinks. But it's actually 100% alcohol, Zoops. You ever drank moonshine, Zoops? Like, I promise you, you can't chug it. Yeah. <laughs> well, did you do it through a straw? Because that's... Because that's... Uh, that fucks you up worse, right? Yeah, 100%. <laughs> uh, but he does chug down all this 100% great alcohol, which, I mean, the guy looks like he has it out of carbon years. Can you, I mean, you die. Let's let's just. For sure. Would not live anymore. 100%. These guys don't, these guys, you know, yeah, you, you be on the floor. But instead, he's just drunk. So is Adam Cole. They bro down again. Adam agrees to hit the double clothesline. And uh, the they they go they seem to be going on the same page. So Mora and Jeff and Cole, who got a lot of time on this program, I like them, but it is they they are they are they get minutes on AEW Dynamite. Some was uh, much worse than the other two, in my opinion. Much <laughs> much worse. <laughs> and now we go back to California and Jericho. They're walking into Dynamite. Marvez is there. Uh, he says, "Is there any is there an update?" And Callis goes, "Yeah, I got an update. You're an idiot." And then he keeps walking, and Jericho's like, "That's good." <laughs> yeah, that's uh, so that you know, easy to bond over that. <laughs> Britt Baker is out here to face Kayla Sparks, some uh, local Boston talent, I assume. She quickly taps her out, taunts. I don't think they use Britt Baker enough. Sometimes I don't think she's the best in-ring wrestler, but I think she might still be their biggest star in the division, especially in the absence of Jamie Hader. So I think it's a good idea, Boston. Big market, get her in front of the people, and get a win. I thought this was uh, totally understandable and well executed by everybody. Not a ton to say, though. Yeah, I agree. I think this was something that we expected there to be a lot of on this show at one point, and there just hasn't been nearly as much of it recently. Uh, just, I mean, that by just like Britt Baker being 
a solo wrestler that has her own things to do. Um, gotten away from that quite a bit with a lot of different reasons. Obviously, the injuries and the changing shape of the division and just sort of just sort of hasn't been her own person, hasn't been her own character, hasn't really been doing anything yeah. for, for quite a while. I think it's good. Get, get her on the show doing stuff. She's, uh, as you said, like the star power is is pretty big. And even if it's not wrestling every week, I think there's enough you can have her involved in that that will generate some interest and generate totally. some 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 extra depth. Renee is backstage with MJF and Adam Cole. Cole is asked by Renee if he's surprised by the chemistry between him and self and MJF. He is not because they're beginning to fall onto the same page as MJF shows that he's got them matching trunks. And Cole says, Max, you're not going to believe this. I have a gift for you. And he has matching jacket. So they have like the, the Adam Cole jacket, but in MJF colors. And the MJF tights, and they're both wearing them in matching white and gold. Incredible, incredible touch here as Adam Cole promises. He has one more thing for him, but it's a surprise, and I'll have to find out out there. Neat. Yeah. It's, it, this, is, this is better than the drunk in the, the Chinese restaurant, for sure. By a lot. <laughs> I like holding out for this moment. Like, if you know that you're going to win this tournament, it's like, okay, we won't give them gear yet. We won't. Like, they have had an arc over these weeks where they are totally. the... Can they coexist stilted lovers? And then, oh, wow, we actually work pretty well together to now hear matching gear. And Adam Cole seems basically at full acceptance. And uh, unfortunately, Roderick Strong chases after (laughs) Adam. Adam. That's neck brace. Adam. (laughs) Adam. You guys want to hear my. Not uh, now, Renee. Roderick Strong impression again. Yeah, let's hear the Roderick Strong. You have a Roderick Strong? I did it last time. It was so good, so I'm going to do it again. Yeah, let's hear it. Sure. Adam. Very good. <laughs> Dead on. Yeah, uh, it is really good as I think about it. Uh, I felt bad for him here in like a real way. So maybe, yeah, they, maybe they, he's great. Thanks for coming over to the company. Uh, the thing is, you're going to be a huge loser. <laughs> like, yeah. none of your old friends like you. That's your, yeah. That's the bit that we're going to He got booed here. People love MJF and Adam Cole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they man. love him. Um, but that, that doesn't mean he can't turn heel here and be interesting. And he, he's a good wrestler in ring. You and I have no problem with that. But he's just, you know, su- such the obvious third man here that it's tough to get a ring. But, he, I mean, that is also sort of his role here. So, you know, it's all fine. Number four. I don't know why I said that. Card number four. Hey, also, don't mean to flex too hard. Got bigger cue cards. Nice. Nice. Growing. Every day, every week you grow. As a, as a we grow. He's, he's, gonna, he's slowly growing towards having like the like big cue cards that are now attached together with like rings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can just flip through them. Look at this guy. <laughs> I don't even have to drop them. MJF and Cole now come out and MJF gets his surprise as he comes out to his music and then he says, cut my music, play the boom. And then they start playing MJF's music again. And he says to the camera, no, 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 play, play the boom music. I'm ready to do our joint entrance. Zooms, by God, they've got a blended entrance. Boom! Out comes Adam Cole. You surprised MJF with a blended the crowd comes alive for this realization that they have a like the AW audience is so smart. Like, and I don't mean smart people, but I doubt it, but I mean like they, they get it. They're paying attention, you know, 
It's like they, they get an enormous pop for this blended theme. It's really nice. I felt like it was a great touch, a good final surprise. Here they are. It's Adam Cole. It's MJF. They're in matching gear. Their themes are blended. And in this moment, I knew Daniel Garcia and Sammy Guevara had no chance of winning this match. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I actually thought there was a, a chance that there was there would be reasons and MJF and Cole would break up and sort of spurn off into a rematch for the title. Uh, but that, then I saw I saw that gear and I was like, oh, yeah, nope. No, no, no sir. No. Yeah, no, sir. Too, it's too hot right now. They'll, they'll get there. But right now, as of right now, you'd be a fool. Jericho's on commentary for this one, of course, sort of lately supporting uh, Dan G and Sam G. Now, ugh, I am so excited for this match pre-bout. The entrance has me hype. I'm excited. I like three of the four guys in the matchups wrestling quite a bit. And then MJF gets in the ring with Daniel Garcia. He does his dance taunt. Dan Garcia does it back. And then MJF gets the crowd to start yelling, dance off. And uh, these these four competitors, they, they, they started dancing and, and competed <laughs> in dance. Sammy Guevara was the worst of the four of them, which I guess was sort of surprising to me. I thought he would be a decent dancer for some reason. He he was not. Yeah, it's athletically coordinated, which I think is the only thing that you need to be. Yeah, yeah. So that you was a little rhythm. surprising. Yeah, you have to have rhythm. We learned that tonight. You know, I, I would have guessed MJF would maybe be the worst dancer. It was not so. No, he's musically talented. He's he's a music theater kid. Oh right, I'm right. Not surprised at all by that he was a good dancer. Yeah, I guess. Well, but I've seen Dan Garcia's hips move. Yeah, I, I guess well, we I know could Dan Garcia. We know Dan Garcia can dance. I would have had Adam Cole pegged as worst, but yeah. But he he did much better than uh, Sam G. You got you got to oil those hips, man. You know, loosey goosey. Uh, I of course thought this was idiotic. I don't understand what the fuck was going on here. I don't know why. Right before the finals of this big match, we have to have a dance off. The crowd was super into it, so that's awesome. My Discord, I think, was largely positive for it. Uh, so that's I think that's all good. Lots of people for it. Not me. I was like. MJF, like, this is not the good babyface MJF to me. I, I don't want him. I don't want him so far away. I love the MJF who gets giant pops for topes because he never does them. Not his, like, turn the lights down. Um, you know, I don't know. Not for me. Not the end of the world, but not for me. Yeah, I thought this, uh, let me see, I wrote it down here. Sucked huge ass. Oh, yeah. It sucked pretty bad. Sort of like this sucks was sort of what I was thinking. And you're a fan of Dan's. It's a great art form. Uh, this was just uh, stupid. <laughs> stupid and dumb is sort of how I felt this was. And uh, weirdly, uh, is a palate cleanser. Sure. I mean, there's lots of you could, a lot of things you could say it was supposed to be. Uh, I could say that, too. I would say that it was bad. It's sort of how I felt that it was. Yeah, it's like palate cleanser between between steak and lobster. We've got diarrhea. Let's let's re, let's <laughs> yeah. get the palate set something right you, on right on back to zero with something with you hate to eat. Is the yeah. Big... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> boy, then they're like, but boy, I wish I, you're ready for a good food now, aren't yeah, you? Yeah, by the time like, the oh, lobster, touche, touche, yeah, touche. yeah touche. <laughs> got me dead to rights. <laughs> um, that said, luckily, as soon as the wrestling started, I this was a match that was sort of interesting. It was sort of a rock hogan style match like mjf and cole are just so over in general and in boston that they're getting immense reactions this matches of course all around the promised double clothesline 
uh, Guevara and Garcia draw great hatred from the crowd and going for it. It's like, not you guys. No, they, of course, don't connect with it. Uh, but MJF and uh, Cole have to connect their hands. People are getting extremely up for. MJF is in, I don't even know, full-on babyface conductor mode here. Just play it hitting the ropes back and forth flexing just barely barely trying but for enormous reactions it's very fun to see i think this must be a blast to do for him somebody who has to has a lot generally is doing a lot not only in his matches but in his promos this is so like meat and potatoes for him that i think it's probably a, an absolute blast and uh yeah him and cole are just who who could possibly say this hasn't elevated both guys that mjf was already really high he he don't really pull up and cole to his level i like adam cole more than i've ever liked him in his career and this act they're they're wrestling this is the benefit of being super over is you get to wrestle like this and draw enormous reactions and have a lot of fun i thought this was a, a real hoot of a match i i really like that the company allows things like oh MJF's just going to be like a super hot baby face for the next five weeks. Right. Like I just, I just love that there's not such a like hard line of like, he's got to be this and he's in this box and this is who he like. It's just really funny that they're just sort of allowing this to happen over the, over the course of a month and a half. It's like, you know what? They're going to get together and they're both super over. And these two guys that are like notorious of the lowest of the low heels in the last little bit are going to, the two negatives are going to make a positive here. These, these two guys are going to end up being so over as baby faces. Um, you won't believe it. And uh, it's worked like gangbusters. It's been great every week. And then they have the crowds. They have the crowds really, really, really going live, uh, especially in the ring. And Zoobs, this gets to our first of two keep it or kick it tonight. Of course, I knew the format of the show would be a little bit different. First of two Zoobs, are you ready? I am ready. Keep it or kick it. This statement, when Adam Cole and MJF eventually break up, Adam Cole should be the heel when they feud. Keep it or kick it. 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 Keep it, kick it, keep it, kick it. What are the people uh, saying? Uh, 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 oh, never mind. This uh, bullet uh, warrior guy is annoying. Never mind. Uh, the Seth Rollins thing was good. There we go. Uh, Sam Fells keeps it. Steak Buns keeps it. Gritchy keeps it. VZ keeps it. Hidenza keeps it. I may have keeps it. Stone Cold ET kicks it. Dennis Dirty Work kicks it. I am uh, Irish Mac 21, pardon me, keeps it. For Pendeloin kicks it. Geese Brecht keeps it. Corvax 1260 six keeps it uh yeah good work benny mac yeah thanks maddie reason meh makes sense to me too he's like all right man <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah that's enough Boring yeah. going. um <laughs> so i think you're getting you're getting keep over kick just the three kicks and uh six seven eight nine so two to two to one 
uh, three to one right there uh, for the keeps people want Adam Cole to be the heel coming out of this. I don't think I agree, to be honest with you. I think the Adam Cole being an over baby face um, fell into their laps in the last little bit. And uh, he's always going to do the taunts. He's always going to do the fucking sing along. He's always going to do it anyway. You may as well do it to face reactions. And I think MJF can continue to be this guy, right? Continue to be your top heel champion. Continue to be your top of the company. Uh, and then have the windows where he's able to play babyface flawlessly. I don't think he has to come out of this um, as the babyface in this matchup. I, I'm glad that this keeper kick it wasn't a wash in one way or another because I actually think it's a hard question because I don't think the MJF heel run was out of gas. I think you and I have remarked for ages how much net more natural it is for Adam Cole's entrance taunts to be a babyface. However, man, like... God, if there was ever a time that a double turn, like for the reason of a double turn felt right, I know people love to call for them. And in lots of situations, it's involving dynamics where I don't think it would work or people who couldn't pull it off. But I actually think if Cole was the one, because the tag team is so beloved, like the right. tag team is so beloved that if he said, fuck you, Max, no more tag team. And then finally, no more all about the boom, baby, cuts the cuts all the taunting and ends that tag team. I really think you could be cooking. I, I think you could really have a fresh dynamic that makes MJF's run up top feel like it has ages. Punk's going heel anyway, if that is sort of your long game at mind there. I don't know. I uh, I like the idea. I think that it, it would be a good time to execute that, but you have to make sure Adam Cole is going to be a heel on the other side of it and actually get rid of all the, the stuff. He might even have to break Roddy's neck if he has to. <laughs> yeah, it would be neat to do the, like, um, him turning on MJF, which you almost think would be a face moment, is a heel moment because people are like, no, like, MJF actually did yes. learn to have a friend. Like, you, he actually changed and you ruined it for us. That's exactly right. Yeah. And now the devil's never going to trust anyone again. Da, 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 da. Um, I don't know. V said yeah. saying, I feel like going face is the only direction to go after such a thoroughly heel focused champ run. I mean, yeah, there's examples on both ends, but I think for MJF, the crowd's ready for it for sure. For so sure. In this case, I agree. Giesbrecht saying, I don't actually care about what Cole ends up as, but I'd love an MJF face run. How does just that hit your ears, Zoobs? MJF champ face run. Uh, I mean, obviously he'd be great at it and obviously it would be great. Uh, I just, I'm like you said before, I don't think the heel runs out of juice. I don't think it's, yeah. I don't think we're anywhere near like him being done, uh, with what he has been doing. I know he could, again, we've shown in this very last couple weeks, like he can do either one whenever he needs to. He yeah, doesn't true. need to be a guy that like you've written this rule now. Now he's a face. Now he's a heel. Um, they've allowed him. They've allowed a couple other wrestlers to do this dependent on what, what story they're telling. Whereas, like, yeah, they're on this particular conflict, he is a bad guy. On this particular conflict, he's got the right side. People are complicated. They they find weird grudges. They are, they get sensitive. They get hurt. They change their opinions. I, I think um, he's a guy you don't need to draw the line in the sand for. But were I to pick one about these two feuding coming out, I think I would have MJF as the heel still. Simple as it is. I said this on a mailbag a while ago, but it, it remains true. And they're never going to do this. I don't think this is what's happening. I think when the Elite and CM Punk face each other, the Elite will win. And I think that that's a good choice on its own merits. But my super mega brain booking, if I had the pencil, would be Punk is just full on heel, dastard, 
cheats to beat Omega in a classic. People hate him. And then, oh, wow, easy Chris Daniels. And uh, <laughs> huge spot there. It really was. <laughs> More effort. Anyway, um, he, so I would have MJF. It's now 2024. Punks beat the elite. He runs collision. He's awful. He, he's the worst guy ever. Every city hates him. It's now the new year. And the year starts with MJF becoming Captain AEW is the beginning of his face turn. It's the only reason you might save it. And Captain AEW, who has signed with AEW because he loves this company and it is the best. And it's no longer the bidding war of 2024. And you know who needs to be exterminated? This asshole. And then it's a Captain AEW MJF versus Super Heel CM Punk. I think uh, that could be of, of great enjoyment. Big money. Holy. I mean, they're not going to do it, you know? Yeah, probably not. I do like the pitch. Those guys. Those guys. He's like saying, hey, Zoobs, could you just not be consistently smarter than all of us? He doesn't know how. He, <laughs> he, he can't turn it off. Watch Zoobs. What's four times four? Oh, man. 16. That's 11? Oh, see? I thought it was 11. <laughs> I asked the question. I thought it was 11. I'm taking his word for it. I'm mean, just 16 must be correct. <laughs> Sickening. It makes the show less fun to do for me, but what can you do? uh and then the only other thing we get besides blood and guts on the show is a very convoluted segment of the best friends chris statlander and orange cassidy backstage with darby allen and nick wayne and they basically set up matches for all these people the i mean gosh here autumn here's a here's a clip starting right now okay you ready for the soups here's a clip starting right now it was a reminder in this moment. <laughs> He's never coming back. Never. You're fired. <laughs> he's so he's so pleased with himself, dude. I know he's just thrilled. I'm sorry. I hear that to leave the air to him, Matt. You make the point. You you make the clip here. You fill six minutes. You go I ahead. Can't. No, I'm could, thrown I off. You gotta possibly. fill the six minutes. You you go ahead. Couldn't possibly. I don't even it's know like anything about, about wrestling. Interview this Friday. Talk about it. Um, I think uh, Ring of Honor, Ring of Honor. That's uh, Ian Ringavani, right? <laughs> tough scene tough scene here at the 45 past the second hour um i'm speechless i'm speechless you've lost him he doesn't even have his headphones i know i've lost he's fully, him he's fully gone well folks uh i don't remember what happened in this segment i don't he, he it was uh <laughs> i got home about i know 15 minutes before we went AR live Fox. <laughs> AR Fox, and <laughs> AR Fox, and uh, <laughs> Ring of Money. Uh, <laughs> AR Fox is fighting uh, Orange Cassidy next week for the international championship. Zoops, I miss Josh. And, and Nick Wayne doesn't put his hand in with the best friends. And uh, something about the rumble, geez, I gotta tell you, I don't know what I don't, I don't know. What, I was looking forward to Josh explaining this all. I know, I, me too. I don't, I, I was like, this is my chance before 
bloody guts to like get my water and and we're uh, floundering we're floundering josh yeah. we need you, you guys got anything good for the youtube <laughs> yeah well, i mean the one clip's gonna go up. the go first on. clip's obviously going to be good <laughs> yeah yeah without question i was gonna say that this best friend segment backstage is like a reminder that this tag match that they get announced for on friday at death before dishonor for ring of honor is one of only two matches there's a pay-per-view this friday zooms do you remember the, these Crazy. Ring of Honor pay-per-views felt so must-see to us for ages. I think even the last two, my match of the year on the last one. I can't believe this is coming up this Friday. What what properties do they even have to build it? Like, this Wednesday is the go-home. Of course, you have the Ring of Honor program on Thursday. But relative to the Ring of Honor pay-per-views prior, where's your hype level on this one? Man, I couldn't even tell you what the matches are. Um, yeah, it's crazy. The, the, Shibata the always... versus Daniel Garcia. Daniel Garcia, yeah. And it's a four-way tag. The best friends, Lucha Brothers, uh, and, and two other teams. Uh, they obviously got hurt by injury. This was supposed to be headlined with the Mark Briscoe title shot. Um, but it then didn't happen. Uh, Willow Athena is on this card, I'm told by the okay, chat. Okay, that does something for me. Uh, pretty low, though. Obviously lower than every every other ROH pay-per-view of the, of the AEW ownership era. Um, and what does that say, given that this is since the, they launched the TV? This is the first pay-per-view where they've had a meaningful run of television, and it's the least exciting. That's a problem. That's a good point. That's a good point. We, we, we did a lot of talking before they launched the show about what the show would be and our levels of excitement, and they were pretty high. I'm not going to lie. Uh, I think for both of us, I speak that way, but yeah, that's, when you put it that way, it is crazy that this is this is the show they've had a chance to build on TV and have basically done none of it. VZ letting me know that this one's a reduced price. I wasn't aware of that. I wonder if that's going to be going forward what to do with ROH pay-per-views because, you know, if, especially you have now maybe an additional one or six or seven uh, AW pay-per-views coming in. You have All Out. We got it confirmed this week. I, I was wrong, Zoops. I thought for sure All In was going to be free TV and then All Out was going to be the pay-per-view. They're, Tony Khan confirmed they're both going to be pay-per-views. So they're going to be asking AEW fans to dip into their wallets for a pay-per-view twice in two weeks, I think. Three weeks. Heavy. It's a heavy ask. It's a big ask. But we shall see. And that was Dynamite. Awesome. What, what do you think of your seven, Zoops? Yeah, I probably still would. I think the the tag match and the extra, the gear and music and the opener and the sheer size and scale of Blood and Guts keeps it at a seven. Not the most out of the park, no question seven ever, but it was a it was a big scale episode that I think felt like it delivered up to that. Very nice, and I think it definitely continues in the tradition of Blood and Guts. Like next year, we will be excited for it all over again, and ultimately, that's sort of the most you could ask. Yep. Absolutely. I'm going to stick with my six, but a great episode of Dynamite. If you are watching on YouTube, drink it in. This is the last week the full VOD will be available on YouTube. We're moving to a clips format, and if you want the full show unedited, that'll be on paid VOD as a Twitch subscriber. But of course, clips go up on YouTube, and we're doing more and more short clips on our Instagram and our TikTok. So you're seeing those clips at all. Like, they're, they're, nice, they're nice clips. Very nice work. Exactly what we were hoping for. That uh, Shakara joke you made, man. I watched that clip two or three times myself. <laughs> it was nice to relive it. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, so go give us a follow at Wrestling Brain Network on Instagram, at Wrestling Brain on TikTok. And uh, we'll see you right back here uh, Monday for Monday Night Program.
Yes, indeed. Zoobs, Maddie and I will now get into a post-show show, which I think should draw some ratings this week, frankly. <laughs> I'm getting scolded. <laughs> no. I, Matt knew immediately I was not actually Matt. I know. Uh, <laughs> but I did miss you because I didn't know what to say. <laughs> yeah, I, like, I usually, was going to let it go six minutes, but I was like, okay, this is too usually, long. Yeah, <laughs> usually, usually if I don't know what to say, Josh kind of jumps in for me and saves me, but... Uh, now, uh, now I've been placed in peril, and uh, I sunk. Mm -hmm. My, my, my. <laughs> and I could, and I would sink without you guys. Uh, Zoobs, anything you want to get off your chest? We're we're heading into a pay per view weekend. Really doesn't feel like it, uh, but we'll be back next Wednesday, of course. Yeah, we'll see you next Wednesday. Thanks everybody for coming out and chatting it up for blood and guts. Exciting, exciting time. Summer, summer of AEW is uh, is kicking in here. Mm -hmm.